0: hey what is good it is me your friendly neighborhood nerd babo and i want to welcome you if this is your first time to babo's block this is where i get to have a little block party every week or every time i step behind the mic um (laughs) <laughs> yeah man it is i uh, your it is i uh, your host the guy who gets on here and just talks for like a, <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour um shout outs to the folks if this is your 38 39th whatever time this is what up Doug? thank you guys for coming back to this weekly block party that we have um and definitely for you guys who are just tuning in for the first time i want to Give a good appreciation. There was a lot of love, a lot of new listeners from the last episode I had, um, my birthday block party. I took a week off. I had a lot going on um, besides my birthday. The week after, I actually had a um, verbal lessons breakout session. I will link that down below so you guys can see that. I did a comedy special. Um, I did about a full hour. um, Yeah, I did about like a full hour of it, and then it was... Whew, it was intense. Like I, I, I've never done a comedy show before. Um, I'll get into that in the update or whatever. So I want to firstly shout out to my Patreon. Patreon is where you can do the best and the most good for this podcast. Um, Pablo's Block has been going since 2014. But my Patreon has been going since, I want to say, like 2019. Yeah, it's early 2019, late 2018. Um, this is the bread and butter of the show. I have been very very um appreciative to everybody who goes on to the patreon you can find that patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bobo. that's patreon.com forward slash b o b b o. there you can find multiple tiers to donate um to this podcast and to the underground media network and um we got from like a dollar up to about three thousand dollars and here i would insert a marriage joke because that's what i do now I've, i'm just tired <laughs> just tired but yeah we got a lot to get through so i'm just trying to wow wah wow, wah. Wow. um yeah man it, it, it was nice to have that week off but i i did not slouch with that week off so you guys definitely um will be seeing a lot of stuff down in the links below of everything that i've done while i was not here on the block Um, so again, let's firstly start off with the update you guys as I told you last week I had a verbal lessons breakout concert Verbal lessons where I'm at every Monday. Um, I'm usually behind the scenes, but this this um venture out I went in front of the camera, and I was doing a comedy special my comedy special openly blurred um I got a good bit of jokes in there. Um, I, 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 I laughed. <laughs> I got the people who were there to laugh. Um, it was. It, I felt like it went great. Um, go check it out. It's in the link down below. You guys will be able to see all the stuff that I did um, on a comedy special that I talked about. And I can see ya. What else? Oh, I was down in Keystone Heights, Florida at Havoc at the Hole. That sounds a lot more... Dirtier than I expected, but yes, it was at the watering hole down in Keystone Keystone Heights, Florida for the AWF um, the American Wrestling Federation, and I was down there Bobby Ledger in action um, I had a un, Unexpected tag team partner, and um, we went after the tag team titles. You will see the link down below um, We We put in some work man put in some work, so Definitely definitely check out those links down there. Um, I don't have anything particular coming up. Um well, I will do let me go ahead and give out some shout-outs to a couple of my friends. Um that's this is a good place for the update to do that because I'll be at all these events and if you guys want to see me or you guys just want to interact with me or whatever, definitely come check these out. All right, so firstly jacks podcasters unite we are having our virtual meetups our unmeetup it, it, we're, we're getting together like we haven't seen each other since the pandemic um it's been a minute the group has been growing you can find us on facebook at jacks podcasters unite we can give you a little interview see if you qualify for if you're turtle enough for the turtle club um <laughs> and um definitely Come check out this um, meetup that we're having. If you are a podcaster or you somebody want to get into podcasting, this is a free event. Um, I'll link the event right below. It's today. Um, when this is dropping, it's today. Um, Eastern Standard Time. I think it's like 6 p.m. tonight. I don't know. I usually drop these like in the morning. So yeah, um, register for the event. Come out. Check us out. Especially if you're a Jacksonville um, podcaster or just someone who wants to get into podcasting from Jacksonville. We have an amazing panel that's going to be giving you guys some tips and resources, especially how things are set up at after the pandemic and how you can keep your my, your podcast going or grow your podcast or at least even start a podcast. So yeah, definitely check that out. Also, May 1st, if you're in the Jacksonville area, come out to Memorial Park on Saturday, May 1st from 1 to 4 p.m. to hang out with my homie Adriana Sequel, the, the host of Strong Friend Check-In. She's doing a May Day play date. It is so amazing that we're going to um, start getting back outside. The weather is dope. The COVID is kind of getting under control like we're having some fun um a lot of us are vaccinated but also still wear your mask this is byo everything um bring your blankets bring your food bring your drinks bring all the stuff that you need to have fun I'm going to try and bring some Nerf guns. I'm (laughs) going to have some fun. We're going to go out, play, just like relax. This is an adult play day, but kids are definitely allowed as well. Um, You guys definitely come check me out there. I'm going to be out there with my friends, with the homies. I'm going to have so much fun. Um, I'm going to try and leave a link. To that in the description as as well, man. Um, definitely, my homie Adriana Sequel, Adriana Sequel. She is a joy to be around. She is literally one of my faves, and you guys should have her as a fave too. Go also check out Strong Friend Check in. Adriana is dropping some gems on there, man. And again, it's where you check on your strong friends, man. Um, but yeah. Oh, and the last event is going to be um here in. Oops. <laughs> I'm knocked over with Funko Pop. My bad, y'all. Last event is also going to be here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, one of the homies, DJ Energy, is doing a. Uh, the, I think this is their inaugural show. Um, for their thing. Hold on, let me see if I can get it again. Let me go back and scroll up and find it. Like I said, um, everybody's having something, and I'm super excited to be a part of it all. Like I said, yeah, I found it. <laughs> let me. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. da 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 do, 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 do. All right, cool. Found it. Uh huh. It is called For the Record. It is a DJ session um, out at Shanty Town Pub off in um Riverside area in Springfield, historic Springfield. You guys can come out. It's from 9 p.m. to midnight. Free entry. Donations are welcome. The music will be by my homie DJ Energy, and it'll be hosted by the official LRK 904. That is also the homie as well. So yeah, come live out with us, man. If you're in the Jacksonville area we would love to have you guys in the place. Like I said, we're trying to get back out, trying to like hang out with more people and like said kind of give that get, get back to normal. It's, I know, like I said, again, masks are going to be in full effect. If you're not vaccinated, please stay six feet away. Social distancing is very vibey atmosphere. But again, just try to get back and interact with people. We're getting that, 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 that opportunity to do so again, things are a little bit more loosey goosey, but again, we are still taking the proper precautions. All right. Um, another life update i am (laughs) i've got my first dose of the super soldier super soldier serum i have done do my first dose of vaccination so um i'm super hyped i will be getting my next dose um coming in a couple of weeks as well so i will be fully out in these streets trying to do panels and all the other good stuff man so definitely um get with me get with me and if you um want to hit me up in the dms about stuff or whatever so yeah um another update shit like guys (laughs) guys <laughs> I really I, I like I've been like ruminating on a lot of stuff and I really have um big ideas for what I want to do for Friendly Name neighbor nerd brands for Bobble's block and underground media all that stuff whatever but I do need kind of like your input so if I like I've I've said this before on the blog I've said this many a times I just have I just have to, I'll pull the trigger um if i were to start up like twitch streams would you guys would you guys tune in um on twitch i go by a twitter name <laughs> go by my twitter name ghost alert but i go by ghost alert games um ghost alert games i want to just do some like some fucking chatting sessions probably play a little bit of um like little 2d scrollers whatever just kind of like Kind of relax, kind of give myself a little bit of an outlet. But again, like it'll be a new venue to interact with new people, but also bring you guys along for the ride. So let me know either in the comments below, hit me up in my DMs, tell me or whatever, and wherever you're 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 listening from, let me know if you would watch me on Twitch. Like I, I don't know what the fuck I'll talk about, but <laughs> but that's usually every streamer. Dog. Like I wouldn't go too hard with it. It'll just be like a once a week thing or whatever. Just kind of like. Filling it out. But um, I want to go ahead and put that out in the ether and let you guys have the last say on it. Also, I have merch on the way for you guys. I've been working on a couple of designs just myself. Like I, I've been slacking. I've been slacking hard, but I um, finally got the energy. Working on a few designs, and I have some shirts that are on the way. So definitely be on the lookout for um, at least two shirt designs, and I'll probably also offer stickers and and pins. And so you guys, if you guys have been long listeners of the block, you guys remember the old hats I used to wear with my pins on the side, like little badges. I like ah, he's lit. Um, yeah, I may bring some pins back and i may i know for sure i make it shirts so that'll be something dope for you guys to kind of like said, rock the bubbles block gear um i remember we used to have old geek street gear like jesus um you guys actually bought that and i was very shocked i was very like oh my god somebody bought our shirts um so hopefully when we when i roll out these shirts um you guys will be able to buy those purchase them online either from like my store or wherever i put them up and then like yeah Wear some Bobbles block. Like show me, send me some pictures and some Bobbles block gear, man. That would be dope. That would be really dope. Um, oh man, I think that's uh, that about it for the update. I think that's about it for the update. I've been talking about ten minutes or so. <laughs> All right, so now, wow, oh, so brace yourself because <laughs> I was gone for a week. Shit's been happening. Well, let's go ahead and go around the net. All right, so around the net is like I said, stacked all right, let's go ahead and start off with um <laughs> i'm gonna go back through the stuff that I didn't get to talk about it's just so like it's a mix of a lot of things, so all right where am I at? All right, so I'm gonna start here. Um, unfortunately, sad news. Um, ArcLight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters will be closing all of their 16 locations. Um, those are iconic LA and California, like um, California st- icons, staples. Man, it's a very sad thing to hear. A lot of these, um, a lot of these theaters and cinema agencies are really. Hit hard by the pandemic and the, the closings and all this stuff like that. So like, to see another icon like that go down, it's really really like hurtful. Like it's it's a blow to to just moviegoers, man. Um, I actually watched <laughs> I actually watched um the documentary The Last Blockbuster today, and it really hit home how how. Communal, we used to be when it came to movies. Like, the movie theaters, Blockbuster Video, video rentals in, in general, like, everything that happened with the movies overall. Like, we were so, like, it was it was like a, a different world to to drop into that man and like you you were when you said you were a movie buff you it really meant something now like everybody would say everything's on the man everything's streaming so like it's a lot of separation between who we are um, as movie watchers than it used to be but it's a it's a it's a callback a harkening as I would say um, to the old days of yore <laughs> yeah man I wish you could go back to where it was um but things change. things move forward things move on um things close uh it's a sad occasion but yeah man happens um it happens <sighs> so next thing up in the docket um weird ass shit this one happened before my birthday but i wanted to still talk about it um Steakums, re- they renewed their beef with Pun intended. They renewed their beef with with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I still don't know who runs the Stakeham social media account. This this man be going off. I'm just gonna oh, I'm gonna read these. <laughs> it says Neil deGrasse said the good thing about science is that it's true whether you believe it or not. The Stakeham account said log off, bro. And he goes. <laughs> Someone said, you must have changed social media personnel. They said, nope, science itself isn't true. It's a constantly refining process used to uncover truth based on material and reality. And that process is still full of mistakes. Neil just posts ridiculous soundbites like he's for clout and he has no respect for um, epistemology. Like and someone was like, What's the beef here? He's like, I'm just sick of the games. So they've renewed they're 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 knucking and bucking and ready to fight. It's really crazy, dog. Um <laughs> if you guys check out the Stakeums account, it, it they do bonkers fucking posts like that all the time. This person's very existential, very deep. Whoever is running this, it must be some failed MIT, um or like fucking um doctorate graduate or something. Man. I don't know. He he is he is upset, and he has he has 140 yards, like 280 characters, to talk about it. <laughs> Moving forward again, I'm trying to I'm on breeze through these things. This is a lot. <laughs> Moving forward, um, Jaleel White. And you may have seen him in the news recently because he has come out with a new strand of cannabis. And that was right in time before 420. Um, it is called Purple Urkel. Yeah, man, he is out there getting it. Um, Purple Urkel. And it's also been endorsed by Snoop Dogg. So, you know, that shit's legit. Um, <laughs> I am... The t- one thing I learned about the Purple Urkel um, marketing campaign is that Jalil can still do that goddamn Urkel voice, and that creeps me out. This man is a full father. <laughs> He's out here <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jalil White. You are truly a, an un an un understated goat. Like that man, the character acting that it takes to do Urkel is just astronomically high like oh my god so yeah that is something that was dope all right so okay so we got some sad news this again came back a couple weeks ago or so came um after my birthday show um wwe because i'm a wrestler i'm gonna talk about this wwe released uh, i want to say 10 people um it was a bad, like, so this is a year to the date from 2020 when they did the la- the massive Black Friday releases. Um, if you guys are wrestling fans, you guys know that at that time they released a fuck ton of people. Um, this time it's only was 10. So far, um... We had the release of Chelsea Green, um, Tucker, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Mickey James. We also had the release of Mojo Raleigh. We had the release of the iconics, um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. We had the release of of Samoa Joe, which really hit me hard. I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. I've been waiting for him to come back to the ring, but this may be another way that we get him back to the ring. I don't know. It's just it's just a very bad um, it's a very hard time, a hard situation to, to be a fan of and just also know that, like, okay, this company is making hand over fist in money and they're saying that this is budget cuts. That's a hard pill to swallow is some other things like that also happened through these um releases like uh, mickey james she tweeted that her her things like the stuff that she had at the thunderdome was sent back to her but they were sitting in a trash bag with a post-it note with her name on it um yeah that shit doesn't fly at all um her tweet got garnered Literally fan backlash, and it was a press release statement uh, from Triple H saying that the person who did it is not fired. Um, they're also they're also here rumors or dirt sheet shit. They say that the people who got fired last year also got their shit in trash bags with post notes saying it's like a hazing thing. But again, that shouldn't. It's very unprofessional. It's very fucked up. Um, but yeah, they they also they also have a lot of a lot of deep deep stars in their roster that also do need to kind of be able to leave um it's it's really weird for me to get into this like um, i was like we don't talk wrestling that much outside of me but um yeah go ahead i i want to start dialogue on this i may pull this up in another either podcast or something like that but we'll start dialogue on wrestling and shit like that soon in this space probably most likely another podcast you know (sighs) all right so moving forward in um casting news we have a couple of castings i want to talk about so now um there's official announcement that pedro pascal and gabriel luna will be playing the brothers joel and tommy in hbo's series adaptation of the last of us if you guys remember oh sorry and you guys remember that i announced that pedro pascal will be playing joel in the last of us um i think it was like a few shows back when gina carina gina carina got um fucking fired from disney that's when i also announced that um yeah, this is gonna be dope. The the um brothers are gonna be Latino, man. Like Joel and Tommy are gonna be Latino and I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. Like this is a good look for the for the fr- well, for the series. Or so it brings such diversity and such um wiggle room with the adaptation or so so i can't see, i can't really see what they do with it like i said it's gonna be a really good ride hopefully they stick close to the narrative just like i said just changing a few things um okay there are a couple things on this docket that i probably gonna make a whole show about but we'll we'll go ahead and we'll leave that for another day but i want to go ahead and give a shout out to um this video game this is one of the things i was only for another day but i'm gonna give a shout out to it Aerial knights um put out it's a new studio company they put out a um game called never yield it's a 3d runner that has been published by heads up games it is coming to the nintendo switch on may 19th if you guys get a chance to check it out go ahead and please do it looks amazing i'm super blown away by just the dynamics of the gameplay and just how like i said they switch back and forth from different art and animation styles to the actual game footage or so so i'm i'm if i had a switch i would definitely go ahead and um get it but looky looky it's the reason why I haven't had a switch because now Nintendo has announced that they're going to be making a bluish switch light though. I'm okay with if it's a switch light. I just want to, I just want to get, I just wanted something blue. All my shit is blue. I want it blue. So they're finally giving me a blue switch. So I'm definitely going to pick this shit up. Um, this is the blue that I kind of wanted. They have a, like a, a teal aqua blue or whatever for the main switch. So yeah, definitely going to be something i want to, um, go ahead and do so. Moving forward, 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 forward. <sighs> All right. So there's, there was something that pissed me off. Um, back, I want to say around last week before, I think it was episode seven um, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. We had an issue with the internet because they were being stupid. As they do. Um, you know, I'm going to save this for the Nergasm. I'm going to save it for the goddamn Nergasm. I'll let you guys know what it is um, because, again, Nergazm today, if you haven't read, it is two co-workers with a mutual friend. That's what we're talking about. Falcon and Winter Soldier series is over. We get to go ahead and discuss it. OK. <sighs> All right. So next up on the docket. Um, the genius, the musical genius, Flying Lotus, um, actually shared the first two songs from his score for the Netflix anime series or anime series, Yasuke, um, and it is what is called Black Gold featuring Thundercat and Between Memories featuring Nikki Ronda. Yasuke looks amazing. Like I am blown away by how, how, um... Good, the previews and trailers have been for that anime i cannot wait to to dive into it myself i haven't dove into it yet but i damn sure we'll be doing that very soon okay um and i'll, I'll probably give you guys a, a, a bonus episode on it probably a review or so we'll see um so yeah next up more casting news Amelia clark has been casted in marvel's secret invasion Ooh. so who will she be <laughs> who can it be this actress who I did see, can you help me guess this mystery? Um, shout out to anybody who remembers the Boomer Foo, but um, yeah, Amelia em- Clark, um, she- she's really out here getting these ducats and getting these bags. Uh, I can't wait to see because again, this is like how they casted the other actors in Captain Marvel just unknown and She's I don't know if she's a villain or whatever but their unknown character I can't wait to see if she's going to be scroll cree um if she's going to be like I th- like I said the um oh my god I can't think of them I'm I'm, I'm, I'm my brain is drawing a blank but yes, yeah, it's another random alien like I want to see who she is going to be if she's a scroll queen that would be lit as hell too all right. So keeping it in the Marvel Universe, Marvel's Hawkeye series has wrapped the feeling filming confirmed by J, um, Jeremy Renner. So Hawkeye has been on the low key filming this entire like the entire time that like um, WandaVision and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier have been, at, uh, been coming out or so. Because um, Hawkeye's filming got cut very abruptly in 2020. But we've been getting slow leaks from the set footage, and it looks pretty decent. So hopefully we'll be getting that either early next year or late this year. I don't know. Hopefully we get it soon. Um, I'm happy to hear that the initiative for the Young Avengers is probably still up and going. So here's here's my take on this. Everyone's like, we're going to Young Avengers. We're going to Young Avengers. We're going to Young Avengers. Everything that I've seen, I think we're doing West Coast Avengers. If we get a West Coast Avengers, I'm going to be fucking hyped. Because I called it. Um, Because, like, if you think about the stories that they were pulling for WandaVision, West Coast Avengers. The shit that we've seen in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A lot of them niggas, West Coast Avengers. Um, (laughs) Like, we, we, we may be pulling for Young Avengers with introducing these smaller characters very slowly. And they're like, oh, the kids have to come together and blah, 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 blah. But we may just be doing West Coast Avengers and nobody's realizing it like you have us agent west coast avenger you have white vision west coast avenger you have (laughs) you have all these west coast avenger ass like ties and like i'm fucking hoping we get west coast avengers that's all i'm saying i just really want west coast avengers hawkeye was west coast avengers like come on man this will be dope (laughs) all right next up on the docket let me keep moving keep moving Next up on the docket is something that is very close to my heart. I'm happy to, happy to finally announce that Jeopardy! will be guest hosted by LeVar Burton. Yes, that LeVar Burton, the only LeVar Burton that anybody ever goddamn knows. So this has been a battle cry for the internet, for the fans of Jeopardy for so long. And they've been trying to give us all these other goddamn people. Like I think Mario Lopez hosted um, Ken, the the genius guy he hosted, but he fucked it up. Um, They they were giving us like just random ass people. And we were just like, give us LeVar Burton. (laughs) <laughs> so they finally caved in and listened to us and now Lavar will be guest hosting Jeopardy very soon. I think he's coming up um in May. I want to say this is from LeVar Yeah. Um this is this is from Variety. LeVar Burton to guest host Jeopardy, George Stephanopoulos, Robin Roberts, David Faber, and Joe Buck close out lineup. So, um <laughs> it's stupid Because, like, again they were giving us all these other people like George Stephanopoulos, um robin roberts david faber joe buck that's who really got me i was like who the hell is joe buck and why is he hosting jeopardy i figured out who joe buck was but like we didn't want joe buck we didn't want any of these people we were like give us LeVar burton they were like mm, but so yeah so burton's episodes will air on the week of july twenty sixth. that's what they say right here the week of july 26 um they are also trying to tap on um the guest host Our Good Morning America, and this week with George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos. And is also the other Good Morning America anchor, Robin Roberts. I would love to see Robin Roberts host, but again, we wanted LeVar Burton. So I'm just happy we're getting LeVar Burton. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in for that. So... All right, what is up next? Okay, so we got a couple things to talk about here. So I'm going to... yeah, I'm going to put these two into one. So, I need all you fans and, and fanboys and all this, these people who are out here writing these petitions and all this other shit to stop. To stop. So, we have two Marvel um, hashtags and narratives or whatever. Just narrative changes that they want to do. So, firstly... There, is a, there was a billboard out in California and L- L.A. that was put up by fans, and they also have petitions, and they were like, bring Tony Stark, bring Tony Stark back, or bring back Tony Stark to life. And they wanted it to happen now. And that's stupid, because, again, the narrative for Tony Stark is done. It's over. We're the good. Like, you can't write him back into just living again. That's very, very stupid. Like it, it would shatter everything that we've done, and also, um, that's a dumbass sentence bring back Tony Stark to life. Someone said in the tweets that they were probably like, Yeah, we got a good ass idea, let's bring back Tony Stark. Yeah, bring back Tony Stark. They're like, Oh no, we got to be specific, they may just do a flashback. And they were like, Bring back Tony Stark to life, <laughs> like it's grammatically incorrect. It's like, guys, please at least proofread your goddamn hashtags. Like, oh my god, um. And the second one that I'm upset about is there's is a petition, well, I think over like 500,000 500, signatures or something like that, to recast T'Challa in Black Panther 2 because they said T'Challa means so much to us and there's so much that he could do. We could just recast him. Um, the, here's the thing. No. So Marvel made the made the decision not to recast because of their relationship with Chadwick Boseman it's because they're their... They were family. Like he, that man was a pivotal part of the the cast in Endgame and Infinity War, and he was just so beloved by a lot of people. And to just the like, and again, he was one of the grossest, like one of the biggest grossing um, stars to pull off a movie solo in Black Panther. Like, there are many ways that we can honor Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa without recasting there are many ways that we could bring um the black panther story to a new forefront without recasting t'challa there are so many things that they could pull from so many other narratives that that can be told and stories that can be brought to life and you don't have to have t'challa t'challa has made his mark and made his impact on one the marvel cinematic universe two our hearts three in the comic books t'challa is fine you have so much so much literature, so much movies. Like he, he was in four movies. He was in Winter Soldier. He was in his own movie, Black Panther. He was in Infinity War, and he was in Endgame. We have enough T'Challa to last and and remember his legacy as our king. Recasting feels cold. It feels like, all right, cool. I just want to see this character back. I don't, not that I want to see Chadwick. I just want to see this character. The character can live on and they will pay homage to that character properly hopefully <laughs> hopefully this doesn't go anywhere and the, the, the petition doesn't mean shit or whatever so i i just don't want you guys to be like hey bring back t'challa like no it's fine for him to be gone like they'll they'll write him out eloquently and they will write us in a new black panther or they'll give shuri uh, as it should be the the role of black panther so yeah keeping as well in the marvel news russell crowe is officially announced to be playing zeus in thor love and thunder coming up so this is gonna be interesting this is the first time i'm gonna be seeing one of the greek gods in thor's movies um we know we have hercules we know we have a zeus and stuff like that in the marvel cinematic universe we just never get to like see them (laughs) interact with each other but yeah i'm gonna be hyped to see how russell crowe plays um zeus this is gonna be dope also, in other Disney and Marvel news, Sony and Disney have finally reached a deal that will let Spider-Man movies come to Disney Plus. This also means they've extended their deal, or they're probably extending the talking Spider-Man and Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe. Man, this is gonna be lit! Like, I'm very excited to see where this goes and how this plays out because you have to, you have to see that like, more, well, Sony is playing both sides because they are also dealing with Netflix and they have the home for all the stuff over there as well, but Sony's like I'm Sony's like, hey, I still get this Disney money too, so let's go and give y'all a little bit of a bone and throw you some Spider Man movies. Like it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. We'll see how that war kinda turns out. Um Okay, so next two are going to be um just kinda like appreciations. So uh first one. Um Evan Narcissi um, yeah, Narcissi, He is a writer, and um, he wrote a article for the New York Times called "Flying While Black: Two Creators on Inventing and Reinventing Black." Sorry, hold on. Yeah yeah rent yeah, well two, flying Wild black two creators on inventing and reinventing black superheroes they talked and sat down with Eve l Ewing and Evan Narcissi to share their perspective on politics of being black and a comic book writer and then and, and the black superheroes that they that you may have missed we talk about iron in here we talk about a lot of other people like miles Morales and things like that like it's, it's a a lovely story and um Evel Ewing also writes Ironheart, so definitely check it out for her. Um, she is a powerhouse of a writer, let alone her comic book, um, her comic book um, writing. I would say prowess, but like just writing overall, like oh my god, like it's amazing. I'm um, just a little excerpt says. Um, by, this was by Eve, the author of the Marvel series, Ironheart. My Twitter notifications were a garbage fire. They said I <laughs> I had no talent. I was a harbinger of everything that was wrong with the comic book industry. Some of them used coded language like forced diversity. Other messages with like a simple image of a burning cross were or more direct. Like, I remember back when they announced her writing writing Ironheart, heart it was literal literal war on the timeline like my god like it it honestly it it, it's, it didn't just it didn't surprise or shock me at all but like it was crazy to see and nevertheless but yeah go ahead and check this out um i don't know new york times flying while black just google it i know i want to put more stuff down in the links below but it should be getting long dog but yeah all right so next one shout out to um nick condo uh nick Kondo and and he goes by at nick tyson on twitter um he said i was asked recently i'm gonna read this whole thread it's like just 10 10 um Yeah, 10 10 tweets. I don't know why I'm not thinking right now. It's fine. (laughs) So he said, I was asked recently, what was the most difficult shot you animated on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? My answer came spilling out, and it surprised me, actually. If you'd asked me the same question two years ago, no doubt I would have explained how the long and complicated path to the shot this shot took to completion and it was the shot of all the spiders like crawling up the wall and like trying to avoid being seen by um miles's roommate the ganky of the of the of the um show yeah the ganky of the movie i don't think he ever got it he said or i may have told you the story about how we didn't have a lizard model so i had to completely reshape the green goblin so that it could pass as a shadow puppet in gwen's flashback but i suppose as the years pass i discussed i i digested my experiences working on the film and it was this run of shots jeff miles and aaron in the alleyway that suddenly came leaping to mind when i was asked this question as a co-director bob persheisty um expressed to me miles life is falling apart he's been betrayed by aaron his long lifetime idol and without reconciliation he's dead miles blames himself for it on top of that His dad is about to find out that he's Spider-Man and blame him too for killing Aaron. Actually this moment was initially envisioned with Jeff's gun aimed directly at Miles, but it was ultimately deemed too controversial and decided to have the gun at the high ready position instead. Needless to say, it's devastating emotion, yeah, it's this devastating emotional load on Miles. And to try to put myself in those shoes, I dug back to when I lost my dad suddenly and unexpectedly after college. Remembering the crushing feeling of getting the you know, that midnight call, find out he was gone. It took around three months to animate these shots. Which was three months spent putting myself through my feelings of grief daily in the hopes that some of it will come through Miles's performance. If there's any bit of playfulness in this shot, it was disassembling Jeff's gun, using it to smear frame and when he turns around, which of course ended up being buried in the shadows. Oh my god. I'm looking at it without the shadows and it looks fucking beautiful. Um, and finally, so this was the hardest shot for me, not for its complexity or technical challenges, but it was for its emotional toll. All said, though, it was an honor to work with Miles in his moment of deep despair. As my soup put it, it's rare we get to work with this level of pathos and animation. And that's such a beautiful thing it was such a a deep and vulnerable moment it's guys you know um last year i lost my father it's coming up on the anniversary of his death um and like this really spoke to me because like it's again it's just a deep emotional moment that you get to of ride out with the character. And this also shows why this movie is really the goat of of all Spider-Man movies. Like Jesus Christ, like the more and more we're still learning about things like this in the movies making or the behind the scenes stuff. To this day it's really crazy for me, but I enjoy and love hearing these talks from the, the animators and directors and, and all the people who worked behind on the behind the scenes on this movie man. It's beautiful. All right, moving on to more movie news. We actually got a first looks at models from the new Sonic, the new Sonic Two movie. And would you fucking believe it? Not only are we getting tails, but we're also getting Knuckles. And Knuckles' character model looks amazing. Like God, like it looks really good. Um, I hope you guys get to check it out. Um, The account. Reg sauce or the regular sauce. Um put it up on April twentieth. Um you guys check that out on Twitter. So just Google it, Knuckles, Sonic Two, and like it should come up. And it's really good character character model. If that's the stand ins for the for the actual things, these things look dope. Um and yeah, I think that is oh, um I have oh, let's go ahead and talk about it tech stuff. So, um in tech, Apple just had their recent um spring. 2021 um, Keynote and it was really dope. We got new looks at the M1 Max. They will be using the M1 silicone from Apple themselves. And they're in new colors. These are more like consumer Max. They're I wanna say seven new colors, um, ranging from like orange, pink, purple, um, blue, green, yellow. Like yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's, it, it reminds me of the old Bubble Macs from back in the day, man. Um, and it also gives a reminiscent of the Macintosh logo, the old rainbow logo. So yeah, that is really dope. They also came out with a new M1 iPad. The iPad has, the iPad Pro has the power of the silicone chip, and it's going to be a beast in your hand. So yeah, that is so, something that i'm looking forward to affording hopefully <laughs> um when it comes out and finally the la- the biggest thing that I took away from the apple keynote is that we have air AirTags air tags are basically apple's answer to tile um but it's a little bit more sophisticated a lot more um a lot more useful and handy. Basically, where well, you can stick this or put this on a keychain with anything, and then boom, you're able to track it with the Where's My app. And then from that Where's My app, you can either do precise tracking like footage away, or even if something is lost and separated from you, you'll be able to track it with the um, tag connected to any iPhone that's in the area and either pinging off and it's encrypted and it's dope. Go check it out. The Verge has a nice review on it. Um, MKBHD has a nice review on all of this stuff. Um, I definitely am in between ecosystems. I love to work with the Macintosh ecosystem, but I also am a hardcore Android and PC user. So, yeah, you guys definitely will be hearing a lot about a lot of this stuff, um, even though I may not personally use it at the time. But I do still love keeping up with it. So, yeah, that is what is on here. So, oh... And last thing, I'm thinking, I'm gonna make this the last thing. <laughs> I finally, I watched uh, Mortal Kombat. My God, um, it was a good. Mo- I will say it's a decent movie. Um, I wasn't blown away. It wasn't supposed to be no cinematic like masterpiece, but it was Mortal Kombat. The fights were gory and it was dope. Like. I I could get more in depth into it, but I'm going to save all the energy that I have left to give you guys a review of um Va- Falcon and Winter Soldier. But um yeah, man, like I really enjoyed it. Like there were stupid parts to it, but if you didn't walk away with like a yeah feeling, like I'm like it was dope. Like only thing I will say, spoiler alert ahead. I did not, I did not expect the characterization of Sub Zero the way they had him. Sub Zero. His clan has always been the noble clan in my eye whenever we talk about these stories. But this time they flipped the narrative and it was Scorpion who was the noble clan that was being um, executed and shit or whatever. And Sub-Zero was the bad bitch Beyonce boss level person that you had to fight and kill. Like it was a lot. That was a lot. So, yeah. So, I definitely um will recommend you go check out Mortal Kombat, either in theaters or HBO Max streaming, dog. You guys will enjoy it. You guys will love it. I know I loved it. So, we definitely um will go ahead and end off the, the docket from there. Um, and I will go ahead and take a musical break. And we'll be back. And we'll be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Introspective. See you when you get back out to the music. right thank you guys for joining me again here on bible's block and we are ready for the nerd guys um and again as i told you it is it is called two co-workers with a mutual friend that is basically um falcon and winter soldier summed up but they went for more than just co-workers i will say um let's go ahead and just start this off we know where we are we are after in game we are after the snapping has been unsnapping um we are back with sam and bucky who both were snapped um they are living their lives and they're kind of catching up where everybody was um we're at another end of a a disney marvel series so i want to kind of give you like i did with *WandaVision*, kind of like my my ups my downs my mvps and shit like that so let's go ahead and start it off with the mvp of this series i'm actually going to give the mvp not to sam not to bucky damn sure not to goddamn um john walker we're going to give it to isaiah bradley isaiah bradley was low-key the mvp for me in this series because he was a very hard emotional crux to kind of like wrap your head around like because you 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 get to meet him in episode two and you get to meet um a lot of other people that are associated with him vicariously and um i'll talk about that in a second or two but isaiah bradley was kind of like the 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 beat of why we're doing all of this and he was the juxtaposed to why sam should be doing all of this and he was all honestly the ultimate answer as well at the end. Um, so w- let's go ahead and um, start this off. Um, I think I think I want to say this is not like Wandavision, which is right after um, Endgame. This is a few months. I want to say six months. They said after Endgame, and the, that puts it right before Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, oh, what was it Homecoming? Yeah, I think it was Homecoming. And um, no, I think it's Far From Home. Sorry, Far From Home. It puts us in a very um, interesting place politically, and also um, story-wise within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's go ahead and get the elephant out of the room. Sam has this shield, and he doesn't goddamn it want it. He doesn't want it. He feels like it's too big of a a burden or a task to be put on. He, he he kept saying in the beginning, "This feels like it's someone else's. This feels like it's not mine." He wasn't able to get that 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 sense of pride that that Steve got out of the shield like this is something that was kind of like passed down to him and honestly he knew the 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 how can i put this the heaviness that would come along with him bearing this shield and we'll get to that deeper into the series as well um so Sam retires it, Sam puts it in the museum, and he's like, yo, everyone loves Cap, here's the Captain America Museum, and here's his goddamn shield. The world doesn't need a Captain America, like, Steve was the best of us, and now Steve is gone, which is another thing we never really address in the show, but I feel like we're going to address it later on. Um, Steve, where the fuck is he? Is he dead? Is he, they just say he's gone. That doesn't confirm if he's dead or whatever, but they just say he's gone. Um, there have been jokes upon jokes in this series that Captain Captain America, Steve Rogers, is on the moon, and we know for a fact that fucking Marvel in the comics has a moon base. Um, so that wouldn't be in, anything out of the the realm of like, okay, this possibly could happen. But yeah, but like we also know that. Chris Evans is not slated for any returns or anything like that. Even there was even like, Oh, Chris Evans, three sons to be captain America. And he's like, that's news to me. Like, nigga, I haven't done anything. So yeah. Um, we, we don't know where Steve is. Um, but again, Sam is like, Hey, it's time for us to move on. We don't need captain America. And we're good. And literally the next day, the government's like, here's your new captain America. My nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it was trash. Like they didn't even give my nigga twenty four hours. Like <laughs> they had, they must have been planning and plotting this from fucking jump. They were like, as soon as this nigga give up this shield, we are putting it on a white man again. We do not fuck with this decision that Steve made. But as we learn um, later on from another person, that they actually don't own that shield. Um, but yeah, we 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 get the introduction of John Walker. He is the everyday man, the, the, the blonde hair, blue eyed person that you are going to look up and be inspired by. And he has a best friend who's been fighting with him since Iraq and Iran and shit. And they, they, they make him his sidekick. Um, they're calling him Battlestar outs to the homie Battlestar. Right. Um, <laughs> outs to the homie Battlestar. That's all I can say right now. So, <laughs> John is given this new title of Captain America. And he <laughs> he's trying his best. They try to let you get sympathy for this man in the first couple episodes. Because, again, he's trying his best. Like, he's just a guy. Like, he's just a guy who they picked and who they can like m- mold and manipulate into doing all this shit. And and honestly, at first it sucked, but like again, the actor who plays plays John Walker, Wyatt Russell, he got into this role. He makes you hate him. He truly does. Um between episodes one and two, I really was like, This nigga can get punched in the face right now. I need it to happen. So um we go on this whole thing of um of exploration of sam and bucky in the first couple episodes um first episode they're separate bucky doesn't even show up to the whole um commencement of retiring the shield and shit and um you do see a return of a good old face you see roadie and roadie's like dude what you doing He's like what do you mean fuck you doing this be captain america and he's like it's not my bag it's not my gig dog it's like all right all right, I think honestly, there, Rhodey was trying to tell him, like, if you won't be counted American, they're going to put some white man that will. Um, but it was a big moment or whatever. And Sam also goes back home, goes back to Louisiana, sees his sister, and finds out that they're in trouble financially. Like, and this is also where you learn that if you're not Tony Stark in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or you're not rich as fuck, life is hard. Like, especially for superheroes, y'all don't get paid. Like, Sam, the the pivotal moment for Sam, I think I talked about this in another um, podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. Sam goes for a bank loan, like a dead ass, goes for a bank loan. And the banker looks at him. He's like, you look familiar. You played football for LSU. And he's like, what? He's like, I've seen your face somewhere before. I don't I can't just can't place and he goes like wings nigga oh my god falcon oh falcon yeah oh wow wow my god yeah it's avengers saving the world oh my god thank you guys again yeah yeah so about this application you haven't had any credit in the last five years nigga i've been dust for the last five years even as a He's known as a superhero who saved the universe alongside of countless other people many times before. This nigga still can't get a bank loan because he's black. He still gets discriminated upon because he, for some reason, just doesn't meet the criteria of the bank. Um, And, it's, and it was very, very easy to see through the bullshit. His sister Sarah was a good, like mirror of like okay this is what the real world is out here Sam. when you out fucking flying and saving niggas and shit we're here doing dealing with this like yeah his sister may not have gotten snapped or his sister may not have gotten um um like, like say in a bad situation but like th- the world is the world and this is the world for people in our position i.e like the impoverished black or the impoverished the minorities like it's hard and no amount of saving the world changes that like nigga, they want you to have a perfect credit score and they want you to do all of this. They want you to jump through these hoops that that are feasibly one, like improbable and two like if you had the collateral that you, they wanted you to have to take out the loan, you wouldn't need the loan. Like, it's, it's just always just some, like, fucking double talking or whatever. So, yeah, it's it was a, a real eye-awakening moment for Sam. But Sam, being optimistic as he is, rallies around. And he's like, yo, let's go ahead and figure this shit out. But, again, he had some things to um, take care of. Because there's this group called the Flag Smashers. And they also resonate with the same, like, hey, shit's happening. And shit don't change. But now it has because these people are back. And they want to put up borders again. The world was one. Like. We don't talk about this enough. In in the time frame. Between Infinity War and Endgame. The world was. A really different but yet better place. Like. the The world. The earth itself was healing. Like if you remember in Infinity War. It was like okay, everybody's here. But in the end game, Cap was like, they're fucking whales swimming in the Hudson River. Like, the the the, the Amazon rainforest is replenishing itself. like The earth was healing and the, the, there were no borders. So people were kind of like trying to find a new home for themselves. There were like political regimes that toppled because their fucking tyrants have been blipped away. Like, it was honestly a new playing field. And we also have to address that. With all the good that we did by bringing these people back, there's a lot of bad that we also have done by displacing everyone else who was there. Like, just there's a group, like I said, called the Flashmasters, and they give you these heart-wrenching stories about how shit was, and niggas were starving, niggas were hungry, and like people were just trying to be there for each other. And now. The GRC, the Global Relocation or Yeah Relocation Authority or Council, or whatever, they're coming in and removing people and putting them in refugee camps and putting them out of the places that they've called home for five years because well, this person is back. We just can't stay here and. It's not an easy solution. The easy solution is just throw these people to the wayside, give the people who were gone um, their shit back or whatever, and then move on from there. But that's not the proper way to do things again. We've been gone for five years. We've been out of out of this existence for five years. Things have changed, things have moved on. There have to be different ways to handle these things. And that's what we have to learn and see. But the Flax Bastards, I feel like they got the, the raw end of the stick. Because there's a lot of character development from a lot of people here. But they kind of gotten, um, I got to put this, like, kind of forgotten. <laughs> Even in their own story arc about not being forgotten. They kind of got forgotten. Um, and it's hard to kind of root for them. Um, the, the way that they set up Carly, I just, like you can tell she's a kid that she's trying to be something bigger than she is. She's trying to fight for something that's bigger than herself. But the actress is really what carries it because the Carly story, like I, just really didn't care about like you would see her moving about and like doing stuff and all of a sudden i'm gonna kill people why girl these people have not done anything to you but like if they gave her a little bit more flesh a little more depth a little bit more emotion to it or whatever get dig it out a little bit i think i would have cared more about the flag smasher story arc in general because um what was it? I think it was like episode three or episode four. Episode four is when all <laughs> when shit went down. Jesus Christ. Um episode four is like oh again, this is a six part episode. a Six part mini series. So this shit went pretty fast, but it was six weeks that were amazing. So yeah, in episode four, um we get to see a funeral for um a beloved Member of the community who raised, basically raised a lot of these people, and took people in. Her name is Mama Danya. Um, Mama Danya literally popped up on our asses for an episode, and we—I I no clue her backstory, no clue why she was important, no clue why she was anybody that we should shed a tear for. But just because Carly loved her, and I hadn't built that relationship with Carly yet, so like, okay, girl, Mama Danya died. All right, cool i guess we'll be sad like i don't it's just hard to care for them when she's like one moment all right vulnerable teenager trying to make the world a better place i super serum in me and shit and i'm gonna gonna do right by the the people the world and then like next minute i'm gonna burn these motherfuckers alive in this um in this supply house because fuck them I can't keep up with this back and forth. Like, I can't. It's hard. So, yeah. So, um, episodes one and two, you get introduced to all the players. You even get to see Batroc the Leaper. Um, That was a good deep cut for me. Batroc the Leaper is one of my underrated faves from the Captain America, um, rogues gallery. He's just a nigga who can flip. Like, <laughs> I love, a I love a good flippy nigga. I, how can I, what can I say? Like he, he's French and he'd be flipping and he'd be like upset and shit. But yeah. Um, but the leaper, um, was, I think, shit, who's the actor that played him? I want to say it's the nigga who played Darth Maul, but I don't think it is. But yeah, but he, 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 he gave a good first battle. Because Falcon really had to prove himself to not only the people in the series to us, the audience, that he can actually hold his own as a hero by himself. And like he did that. Like Falcon was out here bussing, my nigga. Like it was lit. Like um It was very interesting to see Falcon hold his own. And um what I actually loved is that for majority of the of the actual series you don't see sam in his falcon suit that much so like let's go ahead and take it here so again episode one see him in falcon suit episode two see him in falcon suit trying to take out the flag smashers and shit episode three this is where things kind of get interesting and fun so um They break Zemo out of jail, or no Bucky breaks Zemo out of jail. Bucky don't even break Zemo out of jail. Bucky just provides a opportunity for Zemo to to slip the fuck out himself, and Bucky knew all what he had to do. that's all he had to do was just like cause a ruckus and Zemo got the fuck out and so Zemo he reminds us why he was so good at what the fuck he did. This nigga was loaded. This nigga was rich. He's Baron Zemo for a reason. Like, they were like, you've been rich this whole time? like, yes, nigga. How do you think he had the resources to take down the Avengers? He was rich. He just used his money for evil. That's it. He's just like the reverse Tony Stark. Um, (laughs) But Zemo um, was very, so, so here's the thing. You don't get to like many Marvel villains. Like a lot of them make you really just either hate them or ambivalent to them. Like Ultron didn't give a fuck. Um, who the, like the elves the from Thor Ragnarok hated them. Um Who's another good villain? Killmonger, ambivalent. I was like, okay, you had some good points, but you still out here crazy right Um What's another good villain? Uh, sh- 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 Hella. That is one that you get to like. Hella, she was such such a good villain. And Claw, Ulysses Claw was such a good villain. But those niggas are dead. Like, I hate that they had all of them have to either die or be like written off some weird weird way, dog. Like, give me a good villain that I can get behind. Loki is the only one, but he's an anti-hero. Because like Loki, you don't give a fuck about what's going on. He's evil, he's good. who, Who knows? But yeah. Hella. Ulysses' claw, and now Baron Zemo has been added to that list. Baron Zemo is low key, really a dope person. Like, <laughs> um, he he helps the guys. Like, and he could have gotten away at any goddamn point he wanted to, but he has a stake in this. He wants to get rid of the super soldiers. That's his thing. People should not have superpowers. Real regular people should have no regular people shit. We should not have people who are ultra ultra like souped up or whatever, because they see themselves gods and they're, they're basically going to become communists and shit like that or whatever. And like, they're going to be the next Hitler. Cause they have people who follow them and worship and idolize them. And they, he, he sees where it all can go wrong, but he also knows that there are some things that he may be able to kind of change his heart on. Um, he does not, he does not strike me as somebody who we're supposed to hate. Because John Walker, like they, they draw clear lines in the sand with these characters. John Walker, you hate that nigga. You hate him. With all of your heart, you hate him. And he lives up to the hatred. Battlestar, you're like, all right, you cool, but your friend, I still don't like this nigga. Um, Zemo, you're supposed to really like Zemo. Zemo is very conniving, very, very manipulative. He's the man who is literally behind the chair, but he is like, yo. Uh, got a little thing up my sleeve or whatever, but yeah, Zemo, he pulls out, um, the private jet. We go to Madripoor and we're going to find out some new shit, um, Madripoor. If you guys have not, um, ever heard of her in the comics, whatever, it's basically like the, the underworld of Marvel. It's like where all the pirates and the fucking gangsters and shit live. It's where the person that we are interested in. Um, into and later on, the Power Broker also lives. So that was also the name of this episode three, Power Broker. Found out the Power Broker is also the person who gave Carly and the Flag Smashers their Super Soldier Serum. And that's who they stole it from. We also get to see um, Dr. Nagel. Nagel is the person who perfected the new Super Soldier formula. And this is also another person who was in, vicariously connected to Isaiah Bradley. Because Isaiah Bradley gave my MVP was in prison for 30 years, 30 years. And in the prison, they experimented on him, trying to figure out why the super soldier worked on him, but killed all the rest of the subjects and his friends. And they poked and prod and took slices and everything. But Nagel took that information, took that data. And he basically perfected what they could not figure out. And he got fucking blipped. He got snapped. And then when he came back five years later, they had, Threw away all the shit. And <laughs> so the power broker was like, yo, come work for me. And he was like, bet. So Nagel, um... Tells them what they need to know about the super soldiers and the serum and shit like that, and then fucking Zemo offs that nigga, offs him. Like as soon as we get the information we need, it blah blah. Oh nigga, like y'all were not watching him. I would have been watching this nigga the entire time. Like Zemo was on a fucking war pad. Like he made sure he got the last uh, drop of that shit. He burnt all the fucking all the fucking paperwork and all that shit. He, he took that bitch down. Um, and it was just. Yeah, so we go to um, the end of episode three. In episode three, they're at one of the most safe houses. And Bucky's like, I'm going to take a walk. And like, you good? Yeah, I'm going to take a walk. So Bucky backs up a bit. Sees a little bead. Picks it up. Hmm. Walks around the corner. Sees another bead. And I'm like, these beads look mad familiar, bruh. Picks it up. Walks around the corner. Sees the third bee laying on the ground. Picks it up. And he goes. What took you so long? <laughs> like it was like. You, you lost? You lost? And who who should be behind him? Um, when he turns up. It's Ayo of the Dora Milaje. My God. The Wakandans have entered the fucking chat. And they entered hard like they she was like yo the fuck bucky he was like what She was like you broke the emo out nigga the person you were the nigga who came to us came to me and you came to us to came to me to help you get rid of the stuff that he put in your head and the things that he turned you into and now you break him out he killed our king and like the wakandans they don't forget no kind is never forget. These niggas were at the Ulysses claw for over 35 years. You think they're going to let something that happened a couple years go? Go. No, nigga. No. Zemo is going to live out the rest of his goddamn days in fucking jail. And that's what they want to see. So she's like, I'm here for Zemo. You can either give him to me now or I beat your ass and we take him. He's like, he's a mean an in. Give me some time. She said, I'm giving you eight hours, eight hours, my nigga. So, enter episode four. Episode four is where we basically take a turn to the dark side. <sighs> so, we get those eight hours. In those eight hours, we found out Mama died, and we're out of a funeral for her. Like I said, don't know who she is, but tear, tear, sad, sad. So, with Mama Doña's funeral, we try to figure out information. And then from there, um, we see Zemo be manipulative again, and we're like cool so <laughs> as we're going to go to the the funeral guess who the fuck shows up God damn it, john walker party city captain america as andre the black nerd calls him and this nigga is like oh you're gonna stop right now and give us zemo." and he we're like no shut up bitch and <laughs> We like I hated Wyatt. Oh my god, John was the worst. Like, it was hard for me to like like I know Wyatt Russell, he reveled in this. He he wanted us to hate him. He's even said it. But yeah, it was hard. Um so Battlestar's like, let's just hear them out. We're gonna finally try to stop Flag Smashes this shit, right? And we go John fucks that interaction up and we're like, fuck, like, why are you here? Nigga. So <laughs> Carly does some bold shit, and she calls Sam's sister. And she's like, yo, I want to know your brother's on the right side. Is he working with captain America? Because if So got to kill that nigga. And he's like, she's like, I don't know what you thinking, but my brother is not working at captain America. And there's this back and forth. Here's the thing that I love. The Wilson family is, are such good talkers. Sam, when he finally gets to talk to Carly, he sits down with her. And she's like, trying to explain her side of it. But Sam was a grief counselor. He's PTSD counselor. So, he's done this before. Like He knows she's hurting. She's just hurting. And she has all this serum in her, and all this shit, these emotions and stuff. She's still a kid. And... He tr- he's basically talking her down. He he almost got through to her. And again, like I said, John Walker fucked that up. Same thing with his sister Sarah. Sister Sarah's like, I've seen y'all on the news. And she's like, Yeah, well, your brother, is he working with Captain America? I can't believe it. she was like, Girl, I don't give a fuck about this country and this country, don't give a fuck about me. Why would I care about their mascots? So I know one thing, my brother's not working with that white man. Like <laughs> that's that's first and foremost. He's not working with that white man. You can trust them and, and like it's just they, they have this way of, with words to just kind of de-escalate situations, man. So one thing I didn't touch on. Here's the thing that again, like I said, if you're not Tony Stark or you're not like one of the main Avengers, you're fucked. Like <laughs> we in Madripoor, we actually get saved by Sharon Carter. Good old Mrs. Agent 86, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. She has been on the run for the last seven years. Nigga, what? Bitch, didn't nobody check on her? Like, how have you let this woman be a fugitive for seven years? Nigga, everybody's back now. And everyone's gotten a pardon. Bucky's gotten a pardon. Why didn't we give Sharon a pardon? She's a Carter. It's crazy. But... It, it It worked out in her favor. She went to Magipore and she's like some high rolling fucking art dealer and shit like that. She lives in uptown, like up, up city or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, And yeah, it was swanking, like Hillary swanking, like lit. She had a party and shit like that or whatever. But you kind of get some little vibes that she's gone a little bit too rogue, a little bit too dark. Some things she, <laughs> think she probably had to do took her to a side of where you didn't want to see what she could she she's really put capable of. So, but yeah. Digress. So we get to the end of episode four. They hatch a plan to kill John Walker because he's the the actual like um the symbol of America. So let's kill this nigga. He ain't got no super soldier for him. Let's beat his ass. Or so we thought. So back when um Carly was talking with Sam and they were running. We get a moment where Carly, for some dumbass reason, she had all the super soldier serum that they had left on her. Again, writing plot holes. So weird. That was a really dumb decision. Um and Zemo catches up with her, shoots her. Not in the leg, not trying to kill her. He's trying to kill her, but he misses. And then you get to a point where he sees her drop these vials on the ground. He's like, Is that what I think it is? She's like, No. Stop! And this nigga crushes all the vials that he can see. But there's this one lonely vial. There's this one vial that's just like sitting off in the corner. The demo didn't catch. John Walker sees it. Picks it up. And you get this moment between him and his friend Lamar. And he's like, yo, if you ever were to get the theorem, would you take it? And Lamar's like, fuck yeah, I'll take that shit. He's like, do you see what the fuck we up against? And, he's, and he was like, are you scared what it'll do to you? And he's like, no. It only amplifies what's already inside of you. You are a good man. Like If you were to take the serum, you'd be amazing. So we thought. And same time, duality. It's it's a very big thing about duality here. They're trying to show you how different Sam is from John. How different Sam is from everybody. Um, Zemo asked Sam the same thing. He said, hey, if you had a serum, would you take it? He's like, fuck no. I wouldn't take it. I don't need it. my superpower is, he said this, he says this again later, he said, my superpower is that I believe that we could do better. That's all I need. I have all this tech and everything I need to do the job that I already do. I don't need serum. And he was like, damn, you didn't hesitate. It's a good-ass side. And, um, we had these moments where we're like, yeah, we gotta watch that and get John Walker. He's getting a little off the edge. And, like, he's getting a little bit, um, So, Right on cue, John Walker busts in. He's like, yo, Zemo's coming back with us now. And we're like, no, chill the fuck out. He's like, oh, you don't want to do this. They're like, John, we'll beat your ass. Like, chill the fuck out. So then he goes to step to fucking Sam. He's like, oh, we'll do this. We'll do it. And then a goddamn spear comes out the goddamn woodworks. So he's like, oh, what's that? And the door step out. And they're like, bitch. Zemo's ours. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, Captain America John Walker. And they're like, Shut the fuck up. And he's like, yeah, I think we can put down the pointy sticks. And, and he puts his hand on Io and they commence to whoop his ass. When I tell you, it is the greatest fucking scene. And like, Sam is like, I think we should help him. Bucky's like, Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. we just. Gonna let this play out real quick. Just gonna let see see what happens. It's all right, Sam. They they he's a big boy. Um Lamar's trying to help him battle star, getting his ass whooped. It's the Dora Millages. This is the most elite security team in the fucking world. You're not gonna win. And he says like he said some disrespectful shit. Like there's a lot of extra. Spe- uh there's a lot of like disrespectful things. And he always like it's always the last sentence this nigga says. He was like, Oh, the door Malaji have no jurisdiction here. Like, bitch, you don't have jurisdiction here. But the door Malaji had a better reply. She said, The door ju- the door have jurisdiction wherever we happen to goddamn be. I was like, Yes, yes, I o you do. And, um, so yeah, they're getting his, a- he's getting his ass beat and Bucky's like, all right, we can step in. So Bucky tries to step in. I.O. fucking disengages this nigga arm and it just, bloop, bloop, plop on the floor. And he's like, bitch, what? She's like, bitch, what? <laughs> Cause technically that's Wakanda's arm. So they know how to fucking disable it. And everybody's like, oh, he just, they took his power. They betrayed his trust. No, he betrayed their trust. Fuck off. Bucky broke out the one man that he told him not to break out, literally betraying the Wakanda's trust after they'd given you this this arm, this this new ability to kind of do what you do best or whatever. Now, it's a weapon. You weren't given like a prosthetic, a normal prosthetic. You were given a weapon to fight in a war, and you kept it afterwards. They knew you weren't going to do nothing crazy with it, but then you did something fucking crazy with it. Didn't even take it. He just put it back on. She said, "Boss, be damn you, yeah, James Buchanan." Like, damn, that hurt. It hurt the soul. You no, know, he's in a bad place because he's the White Wolf. He's the White Wolf, man. It's the, the motherfucking the, the uncle. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to see things like that or whatever. Though. Like you, you have to. Know that these moments are are low for your protagonists or so, and even John Walker was like, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah, nigga, that's the point. Like, you don't need to be a super soldier to do this shit, and (laughs) that was the last straw for John Walker. He's been emasculated way too many times. He's been fucking beat his. He got his ass beat um two episodes in a row, and again he gets his ass beat. (laughs) He gets his ass beat or whatever again, but this time. When we're going through the ambush, or so he has secretly taken the Super Soldier Serum. We didn't see it, but we saw the results of it because he's able to throw the shield harder. He's able to punch through concrete, bend metal, and all that shit. He's taking it; it's pumping through his veins. But it's also changing him. His rage is getting more intense. His 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 his, his like fits of blind fury are getting more prevalent. And like you can see during the fight or whatever, he's just like ah. So then it happens. It happened. So this is where we get our dark, dark turn. Um, They're about to come in and kill Captain America. And then... Um, they captured Battlestar, and I was like, this is gonna be fine. Like, he just zip-tied him and put him in a bathroom. I was like, they tried to build up suspense there, like, oh, is he gonna be okay? Like, he was just zip-tied to a fucking sink in a bathroom. He has on a tactical military suit. He has a blade in there somewhere, which he did. Got out and just fucking went back, joined the fight or whatever, right? But this time, he saved John from being stabbed by Carly. But Carly got up and punched the fuck out of Lamar and his heart. And that nigga went flying and hit a fucking pillar and he died. Like he, he died right on the spot. Like it was hard. Um, there's a problem with being a black superhero or black best friend to anybody in the Marvel cinematic universe that we need to talk about. I'm going to write an article on it. I'm putting it in my drafts. whatever I got to finish it up. But yeah, it's the perils of being a black best friend in the Marvel cinematic universe is something that I have seen too many times. WandaVision, fucking Infinity War with Rhodey. Yeah, WandaVision with um, um, Monica Rambeau. And now here with Battlestar. Like, nigga, it's trifling out here. It's crazy how how many black people have been used as cannon fodder for these white plot points, man. Uh, uh, but I, we'll get into that again on another note, another day after I've written the article. Huh. So... We, we see John lose it and he catches one of the flag smashers and he straight up murders him, smashboard style. Like he takes the shield and just pummels this man to death. But you know why he did that in fucking broad daylight in the middle of a courtyard. With everyone with their phones watching. The world is watching you. Is the title of that episode for episode 4. And that was crazy. Like he got up. The, the shield was bloody. He was bloody. And he, I don't think it sunk in yet. dog, What he just did. Everyone was just like fuck. Here's Captain America on an international mission. And he just murdered a person cold blood right in front of us Steve has done some fucked up things I'm not gonna put that past you Steve has killed people Steve is taking niggas out but Steve didn't murder someone in pure malicious intent in broad daylight um, even because again, with the Scovius courts, that with the incident in Africa, when Wanda took the, took crossbones up and fuck, he blew up and he blew up and hit a building and shit. That was an incident, international incident. What do you think this would be a huge international incident with a new Captain America? My God. So <sighs> Carly and them got away. Um, and we're. We're back at square one. We don't know where she is. We don't know what we're doing or whatever. Sam and Bucky have to get the shield from this nigga. Way back in episode two, Bucky sits on the plane with um with Sam, and he's like, "Sam, we gotta beat this nigga ass to take the shield." And Sam's like, "No." <laughs> And he's like, nigga, we were fugitives last time we did this. So I don't want to do that shit again to my family and everybody. Like, let's just chill. Like, he, he's not going to fuck up. So here we are in episode four, and he's fucked up. So, <laughs> episode five, which honestly was my favorite episode of the entire series. From start to finish, it played so well, and it was such a good come down from the entire intense dark experience of episode 4 episode 5 they have to start off where we left off they John runs to a warehouse he's having a mental breakdown realizing what he's done or whatever like that but he hears footsteps he's like alright back to work Sam and Bucky come in and he's like yo hey man we gotta talk about what you did he's like what like, nigga, you just killed somebody. We need for you to give us a shield. And he's like, no, I'm Captain America. My nigga, I beg to differ. <laughs> so fight breaks out. And we jump this nigga. Like, it's just it's just like Bucky wanted to do. Because, all right, so the funniest shit to be was um, because John's feeling himself. He has the super soldier serum and shit. And he's like, you don't want to do this. And Bucky's like, yes. Yes, we do, my nigga. You don't know how long I've been waiting to do this, bitch. I'm about to beat your ass. So they beat this nigga's ass. This is again third time in a row this nigga's gotten his ass beat. Like <laughs> it's sad at this point. This nigga is three. This nigga is zero and three. Like this nigga is zero and three in all these fights. So um, <laughs> so we get to the point where um where we basically are breaking down and John is literally about to kill Sam. Like, he's about to do the smashing board shit again. Bucky saves Sam or whatever. John has ripped off Bucky's wings and shit, but Sam sells a thruster pack, so they use that and Bucky's um, strength to break this nigga's arm, take the shield, and we leave. Um, I don't think Sam officially put in a report of what happened because we know from that point um that john walker was discharged not honorably it wasn't dishonorably but it was not honorable discharge um he lost his pension he lost his health care benefits he lost everything he took they literally took the military away from him um he lost his ranking he lost all his shit and he was like you can't do this to me you made me like this I was following your orders. You made me. And you just can't take all of this away from me. They don't give a fuck. So in comes. The Countess. I can't go over her. I'm sorry. The Contessa. Apologies. The Contessa. I can't go over her full name. But she in the comics at one point. Was Madame Hydra. She is literally their new Dark Nick Fury. Um, She's seems to be putting together a team and it's looks looking a lot like thunder um and thunderbolts that is but we haven't gotten to that point yet in the narrative of the MCU but we never know we may either get thunderbolts or dark avengers or west coast avengers I'm just playing um <laughs> we are introduced to the Contessa and she's like yo I know what you did it's alright if the only reason why they're doing this shit because it was public if you did this in behind closed doors you'd probably be getting a medal she was like "The, the i know you took the super show serum the second best thing the first best thing you've ever done with your life is answer the phone when i call you and we are like left with that so we also have this whole power broker narrative that's still going on you see sharon do some shady shit or whatever she. Apparently broke her truck out of jail and shit, and things are happening. Um, way fast pace. Sam and Bucky part part ways again. So Sam goes back to Baltimore to see Isaiah Bradley. He gets Isaiah's backstory, talks a little bit more about him, and here's where we have the controversy. Isaiah tells it like it is. He tells it from his experience. He said that. They wouldn't want a black Captain America. They would never let a black Captain America happen. And no respectable black man would ever want to be Captain America. And that shit hits and sits with Sam. Throughout this entire narrative, Sam has been going back and forth with the legacy of the Shield. It's been something that's been weighing heavily on him because with all the hurt and pain that this Shield has brought. The people that have wielded it, or people who have tried to fight in the name of it, it's it's it feels like Sam's like is the shield even necessary? We should destroy the shield because it is a symbol of all the things that we fight against already, and it doesn't even need to be like that. But Bucky's like the shield. The the shield is so so much more to so many other people, and it's just of finding a a place between Sam's heart. His head and his culture and it's it's hard for a black man to step into the 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 footsteps of steve rogers with the way the world is now and how it always has been it's hard because we get a we get a mirror story from isaiah of what steve did um and Isaiah went to go save his um, soldiers because they were just going to fucking firebomb the place and just kill everybody off because they don't want POWs to be discovered with super soldier serum in them and like, oh, the shit gets out or whatever. So Isaiah rallies, breaks out, goes rescues his team, brings him back, and they put him in jail for 30 years. They experiment on him. They treat him like a test. Test subject. A guinea pig. And it was only one nurse. One nurse who took pity upon him. Who declared him dead. Wrote up the paperwork. All that shit. And snuck him out of the back. That's the only way he got to live a free life. She gave him the, the letters from his wife. That they kept from him. Um, They told his wife that he had died. Even before she declared him dead. Um. There was so so many fucked up things happened to Isaiah Bradley, and he deserved to be bitter, to be angry. He deserved everything that they gave in emotion to these to these people, to this show, to this series. <coughs> and we deserve to to have that story still told because shit like that happens. Shit like that happens. Someone who does the same thing as their counterpart doesn't get the same recognition. They actually get penalized and punished for it. Um, It's a very familiar story to a lot of people. But especially the World War II, Vietnam-Korean War, um, minority veterans in general. They always have to fight for a country that doesn't give a fuck about them. People that don't love them. They're, They're literally... They put it in there. He was like the Tuskegee Airmen, went and fought for America, and then came back home to burning crosses in their lawns. How do you fucking tip with that and be the symbol? And it was a point where Sam, because he, he was like, you're so optimistic. I used to be like you, and he was, and Sam was like, you, you were super do You could have been the next. He's like the next what? The next blonde hair, blue eyed, star spangled, striped motherfucker running around in spandex? No. They wouldn't want that. Why would they want that? And he he does this he says something that's very poignant. He says, I didn't do anything wrong. You're here trying to figure out what I did to make them turn their backs on me just because you got that white man's shield. And Sam had to sit with that for a bit. Cause he kept asking what went wrong. Nothing went wrong. Nothing at all went wrong. He just wasn't the person they wanted behind the shield. He wasn't the ideal picture of an American soldier, the American dream. He was a shameful experiment that they wanted to figure out why it went right so they could put it in another white man. This show heavily pushed on the racial subject. A lot of people wanted to be like, oh, it's not about race. It was a fucking about race. All about race. It's hard to look at that lens um, of history from the vantage point of, of a victim. But that's how history is. There are narrators and there are victims. We always hear the narrator side of the story. We always hear the rose-colored glasses, fucking apple pie, fireworks type shit. We don't get to hear from the POWs we don't get to hear from the people who were experimented on we don't get to hear from the people who were who were bombed and shit like that those are the, those are the stories that would change your perspective on how you see a few things and they don't want that it's hard for a show like this to tackle the subjects that it does in such a short time frame so they're going to be people who will say like oh this was forced or whatever but it, they handled it eloquently enough to where yes you get kudos for stating the obvious like wow thanks disney but it's pushing the narrative of like hey we're going to talk about this shit regardless i enjoyed that they did go there they could do more I'm not going to sit here and ask for more because, again, that's not my place. I'm just a fan. I'm a viewer. I'm ingesting the content. But there could have done more. That's all I can say on this subject. So um, getting into that, we get a whole montage of Sam going home. Um, Bucky meeting him there. Oh, before that, let's get into Bucky and Zemo to finish that up. Zemo was at the Sokovia Memorial Bucky meets him there. He's like, what took you so long? he's like, yeah, I thought you'd be here sooner. And, um, Zemo, is like, I have no hatred for you. I don't want to kill you. You're good. And he's like, I took the liberty of scratching my name out of your book. Bucky has been keeping, um, Steve's book and using it through his therapy, which is court ordered, by the way. It's very, very strict pardon standards. Um, but, yeah, he he does his ritual of, like, trying to make amends to these people that he's wronged or put in power and shit. And it's been a very interesting journey. Um, he shows Zemo that he's no longer the Winter Soldier. Puts a gun in Zemo's head. Pulls the trigger. Nothing comes out. Opens his hand. Bullets fall. And he's like, oh, okay. The Wakandan... Um, Dora Milaje walk up they take him away they put him in the raft they put him in the raft keep note of that it's very important so um, that is the that is the tie off to Zemo's story again it's not the end he's not dead he's not gone by a long shot in this story either Um, so I told you Sam goes home. Bucky acts a favor of the continent. It's like I just need one more thing. <sighs> Sam is trying to fix the boat that his family owns that they can't sell because it's too disrepair. Can't get it alone because they black. And he's like, you know what? People, people owe our family so much. Let's see if we can call them some favors, and they do. The community rallies around the Wilsons family. Such a lovely story. Um, Such a bonding moment. Bucky kind of walks up. And he's like yo. Just here to deliver this. And Bucky's like you need some help with anything? And. (laughs) They get to start. Fixing the boat man. It's such a lovely montage of them. Bonding. Becoming closer. Bucky's hitting on his sister. And he's like yo stay the fuck away from my sister. Um, (laughs) So yeah. It's. It's. It's nice. Um, Sam has the shield with him. So he's practicing with it. And Bucky's like, yo, I owe you an apology. When Steve told me what he wanted to do, I don't think either of us understood what putting a black man behind the shield meant. And for that, I'm sorry. And Sam was like, yo, thank you. He was like, because when you retired that shield, that's the last piece of family that I had left. And I felt like you retired a part of me and even harken back to this when they were in episode two um the therapist came to see bucky because bucky got arrested we talked about that i think it was like microaggressions shit um bucky got arrested because he missed his therapy session so she came in did a therapy session with sam and he was like the reason why i feel so adamant about this because if steve gave you that shield and you didn't want it that means steve is wrong And if that means Steve's wrong about you, that means he's wrong about me. And I was like, fuck. Bucky's holding so much emotional baggage when it comes to shit like this. And he doesn't give to anybody. And, like, this was just a very vulnerable moment for Bucky. And it's hard for us to be vulnerable with the people that we love. And Bucky, he he sees Sam as a friend, a brother, or whatever. But, yeah, they, they start talking. He's like, yo, when you need me, call me. And he's like, yeah, we're partners. Well, not partners. Coworkers yeah co-workers with a mutual friend yeah co-workers of a mutual friend but that friend's gone so we're just co-workers just co-workers so yeah that's where the name of the episode comes from the co-workers with the mutual friend because i don't think steve is dead he's just gone um so get to the point where bucky and sam kind of part ways and he's like call me when you need me all right bet um, Sam starts intensely training with the shield because again he doesn't have super soldier serum and John Walker was doing good with the shield but like he relied on it so much like he could barely throw it or whatever without he had to use it all the time whatever and stuff like that Sam he's trying to adapt his own style of using the shield into what he does so yeah it's a a whole montage it's dope it's really dope you see him fuck up you see him grow and kind of get better at it or whatever and that's what you need to see that's kind of what we need to kind of see like it takes skill and technique to use the shield everybody's like oh if anybody can throw the shield I I think you need to be a super soldier like it's more so the ability to catch the recoil and all the other shit that makes it so much easier being a super soldier but it's technique you have to be able to know how to balance it off of shit and how to do it, how to defy physics with this goddamn shield. But yeah, <laughs> Um, Sam is like, all right, cool. So he is um watching the news and he sees that the flag smashers have taken over the GRC summit about the, the latest bill that they're going to do to redo the borders and stuff, right? And he's like, all right, let's go in and talk about our friend Torres um torres is a military um personnel soldier who is working with sam in the air force or so you guys don't know torres is actually um in the comics the second falcon he is the guy who gets weirdly mutated and he gets to um become falcon he talks with red wing and all this stuff it's dope but torres here is just a soldier and he um actually was given the wings after john ripped him he was like yo you keep them. like i don't i don't need him no more so um Torres is like um we got a ping for them in north america and he's like i know exactly where she is and sam puts on this new suit getting into the finale now also in the light of the pentel pent- ultimate episode you see that john walker is <laughs> making a full-on cosplay shield out of regular ass steel uh, for himself and stuff like that welding and shit like that and like yeah you're like fucking he's officially part of the Captain America now so get up and going to where um the beginning of the episode Bucky's rolling up into New York and he's like yo all right, what's the plan he's like I'm on my way I'm gonna come in here hot and stuff like that I brought you some backup who is it Sharon Carter Sharon's like, yo, let's do this. And Sam busts in and you see the new Captain America suit for the first time. And it's fucking epic. It was a very good buildup. Like, you really, it really hits because it's so comic book accurate. Both of the costumes that Sam wore, very heavily influenced by his comic book, ac- um, comic book counterpart. Very pleased with the costume design on all of the, all of the suits. Um, so Sam busting through and is like, Oh my God, what's going on? He's like, who are you? He's like I'm captain America, my nigga. He's owning it. He is now officially captain America in his heart, his head and everything. And we get to the big old fights. We get all the fucking running. We get fucking flying. We get all that shit. Sam is showing off the new suit. Um, Bucky is going after the flag smashes to have captured the senators and shit like that. And, here comes up with his cosplay goddamn shield. motherfucking John Walker. My God, this nigga does not quit. Um, he's trying to come out to Carly, and she's like, I'm sorry that you I killed your friend, my nigga, but he doesn't matter. So like I don't only want to kill people who matters. And <laughs> And I will say one thing. This goddamn episode was very on the nose. Cause he was like, you said Lamar doesn't matter. Lamar life matters. <laughs> I was like, Nigga, if you don't just say black lives matter, John Walker. <laughs> so yeah. So we get into a fight. Of course, with the fucking regular ass disc of metal, that shit gets pummeled. He gets his ass beat down again. Um, <laughs> like John Walker, uh, my God, just a uh, n- n- little sympathy. I don't know, man. Get to the climax. Um, Sam is able to assert himself as Captain America, saving folks, do- doing, the- doing the shit. Like, he is literally proving himself to be a dope leader. And he saves the day, but he has to confront Carly. Um, we get there. Carly's like... Confronted by Sharon Carter. She's like, yo, I take you in. I do all the shit for you. And you guys repay me like this. And she's like, yeah, power broker. And we're like, oh, so we were right. Sharon Carter's the power broker. Shit. So, yeah, Sharon Carter is revealed to be the power broker. Batroc is back on the um side. Sam has a big fight with Batroc as well. Um, But then he meets up with the power broker because he's been spying on Carly for them. And... <laughs> Patrock's like I want more money. Sharon shoots that nigga. So that's one nigga who knows who she is dead. And <laughs> Carly's like, yo, we gonna do this the easy way, the hard way. So then Sam's like, yo, what the fuck? Like he doesn't know that Sharon's a power broker, but like he's like, all right, let's just talk. And she's like, I don't want to talk no more. She start fighting. Sam would fight her. Comes out to it. Carly's about to kill Sam, and then Sharon shoots the fuck out of Carly. And she's like, yo, I had to. And Sam's like fuck, so Sam takes Carly's body back, and he sees the senators. They're like, "Thank you. We're going to pass this bill." He's like, "Yo, like, do y'all even realize? Like, do you process what the fuck just happened here? Like, there's a reason why people followed this little girl. There's a reason why she she gave up her life for something bigger than her. And like, he gives this amazing speech about equality and about how how hard it is for people to make these decisions, and you can't make these decisions just alone or whatever, man. And it's honestly, again, it's very on the nose. It's very on the nose. Um, he just tells people to be fucking do better. Just do better. And with them doing better, it means something to him. Um, and there's a moment where somebody's like, yo, there, that's my boy. That's the Black Falcon. He goes, no, no, no. And the person no, nah, that's Captain America. And you get it. The representation that we have always asked for to be seen to be heard someone who looks like us is helping and doing the right thing that's all we want it that's all we want so get to the ending and um get this lovely scene Sam going back home having a big ass party shout outs to the writers who made Bucky the only white. White motherfucker invited to the cookout. And of course set out to them. Also making sure that he brought. A store bought item. Because <laughs> you're not going to cook for the cookout. You're going to bring some cups. plates. You're going to bring a cake from the store. Thank you Bucky. Um, you get a very lovely thing. You get a very lovely um, moment. Between Isaiah Bradley and Sam. Which Sam has inducted him. Into the Captain America Museum. Because he does not want ever want Isaiah's story to be forgotten and that's a powerful thing for all of us and you get to bask in that moment and you get a moment where um, John Walker is kind of given a second chance um, the count, the Contessa is recruiting him for something we don't know yet, Thunder um <laughs> and He is in a suit that looks exactly like his suit, but just black. And she's like, yeah, shit's about to get weird. And when weird shit happens, we won't need a Captain America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. And that's the point of his story right there. And then in the ending credit scene, we see that Sharon, just like Sam promised her, that he was going to get her pardon. She got fully pardoned, no strings attached. Even got her old job back in the CIA. What does motherfucker do first thing out? It's like, yo. Alright, super soldiers off the menu, but I have all the motherfucking tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, I think we're going to be getting a season two. But it's not going to be called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's going to be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And also, in news, we actually got word that marvel has started development on captain american 4 and that's going to star um anthony mackie as sam wilson it's gonna be dope man i am seriously seriously hyped about this this series gets a five out of five um, like amazing Perfect, not when say perfect, but like again, amazing storytelling, beautiful um, renditions, do, dope adaptations of comic book um, characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You get easter eggs, you get all this dope shit or whatever. Bro. Like you guys should check it out if you haven't already. It's only six episodes. Go watch it on Disney Plus. Um, you guys will not be disappointed, and they are showing you that they're building a bigger world for Phase Four than we can even imagine. So. I'm excited to see where we go next with Loki, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, all the other shit that they have planned. Secret Invasion, Armor Wars. That's really going to be a good one. Armor Wars? My God. I can't wait to see what they do with that. But yeah, that has been my take on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Again, shout out to all the characters. Shout out to the writers. Shout out to the cast, crew, all of them. Thank you for an amazing ride that you have given us in this show. And I can't wait to see where we go next with it. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and end this show off and we're going to go ahead and get into the plug. So go and find me anywhere that you can stalk your ex on social media by checking me out at Bobbo FNN. That's at Bobbo FNN on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at your friendly, neighborhood nerd on facebook and your friend neighborhood nerd Bobbo on youtube of course the most um the the most good and the best thing that you can do for this podcast is support my patreon um that is where you can do all the donations and all the things like that and get all the bonus episodes and get all the good goodies and stuff of that nature um that is at patreon.com forward slash bobbo that's patreon.com forward slash b-o-b-b-o and for sure as well, don't forget to check out all the links below in the show. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be dope. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week. Um, <laughs> I have really, I'm really surprised that I was able to get all that out. I'm going to go and crash now, okay? See you guys next week for another episode of Bobble's Block, hopefully, and I will be back. Peace!